0: Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, everybody. Well, today I want to look at how do you get the super on your natural? How do we get the supernatural? into our lives and into our Christian lives, for those of you in global. Because so many believers live in the natural. They live live with logic. They live with what they've been taught in school. They live with expectations of uh, parents and previous generations. And yet the gospel is all about change. And it's about rethinking our lives in the light of who Jesus Christ is. He is Christ. Christ means anointed one. And that word anointed means empowered to prosper. We're now, we're Christ ones, Christians, and God wants to empower us to prosper and it doesn't come automatically. There are principles in the Bible that we have to learn and understand. Just like uh, laws of gravity and natural laws, there are invisible spiritual laws as well as invisible natural laws. So I want to I want to start here, and you know, there's a, there's a mixture throughout global churches of people that have been Christians for many years, like myself and Shelley, and people that have just become Christians, and the exciting thing is, is this, is that God can empower you to prosper no matter how new you are at being a Christian. He can put his super on your natural when you've been like two minutes as a Christian. So don't wait and think, oh, I've got to know, shed loads of stuff. And I've got to be this, that, and the other in order to to get it. There are some things that we have to learn, and learn means process. It doesn't actually mean process, but it, it by by very nature of that word learning, it means process. We've got to learn. We make mistakes. We have a, we attempt. We fail. We we reconsider. Think where we went wrong. Try again, and then eventually we get good. At living God's way learning how to use God's word and seeing the super come on our our natural. I'm tired of just living with Dave Shaw. I think Shelley is as well. <laughs> I'm just tired. I want to see God at work in my life. And I want to have a look at a character today that was as irritated as I am. And also, uh, hopefully, we're going to get around to looking at principles, some principles that will help us. I hope you're up for that this Christmas today's is the day after Boxing Day, we're, we're getting away from Christmas now, we're getting ready for the new year, so come on, let's get geared up for the new year and, ex- you know, living in expectation that God is going to meet with us in a supernatural way. I'm going to use the term God a lot today, but what I really mean is the Holy Spirit and he's the third part of the Trinity, but he's the one that's involved in our lives now and uh, I want to start by saying this it's a quote from the new testament hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 and it says now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see my favorite text on this is is in another translation my favorite translation i should say is from the king james version it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen How do you get the substance and the evidence? Another translation is the amplified version, and it gives you like the deeper meaning within the original language. And it says, now faith is the assurance, in brackets, the confirmation or the title deed. You know, like you get when you put a deposit on a house, you haven't paid for it, but you've got the deposit, you've got the deed, sorry, the title deed, it's yours. And everything else is just gonna come into fruition. It says, confirmation the title D, close brackets, of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. In brackets, faith, faith perceiving as real, real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. In other words, there's a conviction and a convincing, like a confirmation and assurance that comes to you on the inside, that has got nothing to do with what you can see, what you can hear, what you can touch or taste or smell. We've got to move away from them senses when you're talking, to, uh, talking about faith. And we move to an assurance and a conviction. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And I'm going to have a look at how do you get that today? In the old testament i said i'd talk to you about a character who was irritated because he he wasn't seen enough super on his natural and he he was a scared man in many ways and he was a a defeated man but irritated nonetheless and he hadn't really exercised faith in years maybe i'm speaking to somebody today and you, you you know you may be part of global or another church or you used to go to church and i want you to listen because you know gideon was an israelite That meant he was part of the the nation that had faith in the invisible God, the creator of the world. And yet he wasn't exercising any faith. He had moved back to logic and just getting on with life. And it says this. uh, Well, let me just give you a background. God's people were being oppressed, bullied and badly mistreated by their enemies, the Midianites, who had 135,000 fighting men who were brilliant with the sword. And the Israelites only had 32,000. And then it says in Judges, in the Old Testament, the book of Judges, chapter 6, verse 11: the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abizurite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. So he's gone down into a wine press to thresh the wheat so that the enemies couldn't see him and come and kill him and take his food and uh, and everything, full of fear. And fear had forced him to live in a shrunken and restricted life. A picture of many people before they've got faith in Jesus. They've got a, a restricted and shrunken life. But it's also too, true sorry, for way too many believers who have been believers for years. And you've still got a restricted and an unfruitful and a shrunken life because all you live by is the principles of this world the principles of logic you get up you get showered you get dressed you go to work you come home and whether god turns up or not you get on with life but when it comes to the bumps in the road you've no faith you try to find faith and it's not there why because you're not living as a believer you wear the badge but you haven't got it. I'm not condemning anybody. I am trying to, I want to get into your life today and pull something out, or even put something in of faith to reactivate your faith, to get the dream machine going again, to get your, your faith uh, real for today, rather than keep saying I became a Christian 20 odd years ago and boring everybody to death because you have nothing to talk about when it comes to God except words. Verse 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Imagine God saying that to you today. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Do you think Gideon looked like a mighty warrior? No, he didn't. He's hiding away, he's terrified. He looked the opposite of a warrior. He was scared, he was terrified. But you know, whatever you are today, whatever you feel you are today, Can I tell you, if you're a believer in Jesus, these are the kind of things that God could say to you. I'm just going, sorry, the opposite was true of Gideon to what God was saying. I want you to see that. And Gideon had not produced anything that would show that he was a mighty warrior up until this point. But that's how God saw him. And he saw him as a mighty warrior. And he saw him that God was with him. And He's looking thinking, God's not with me. And I want to say to somebody today... You've been a Christian for years and you know there's no super on your natural. But that doesn't mean that God's not with you. He's with you, but he's ineffective because you're not living in faith. And you have to switch the faith machine on. And that's what I want to help you to do. You can thank me later. (laughs) God saw Gideon as a, a mighty warrior. And he brings his future, Gideon's future, into his present. Because life is like a a jigsaw. Life is like a jigsaw. (laughs) God's got the box lid and he sees the, the, the finished product. And we're trying to figure out where the pieces go in life. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, he can help us with the next piece and the next piece and the next piece. But God sees the perfect you and he comes from that perfection. And he comes to the imperfect and he says, this is how I see you. I see you as full of faith. I see you're successful in life. I see you with a fruitful family life, fruitful marriage. I see you increasing in life, increasing in business. I don't see you shrinking. And you're going, oh, do you know what? I haven't got the faith to plant a flower, never mind a a church. Help me, God. And you know something? God sees you and he wants to speak to you today through this message. God saw him as a mighty warrior. If only you as a believer knew and I myself knew what God thinks about you as a believer and even you new believers this is true for you exactly the same God sees you as a new creation in Christ 2 Corinthians 5:17. no longer restricted to our background our past experiences but healed and whole with a new opportunity to renew the way that we think and strengthen our mind that's how God sees us If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. That's how God sees us. And that's come to us now and for us to to believe it and start to live it out and uh, remove the obstacles, often in our minds, to how that can manifest and become a reality in our life. That we're no longer restricted by our background, our postcode, where you came from past experiences your family background you're not restricted to it maybe your family's got a bad name we used to say in darwin you know give a dog a bad name and it sticks but you know maybe you've come out of that family and you're saying but i'm different and i want to say vive the difference I i want to i want to pump it up and just say exactly you're a new creation in christ when you've given your life to jesus have you given your life to jesus yet it's so simple it's the easiest thing. The tough thing is now beginning to live it out because you're challenging mindsets and ideas and emotions from that link you and lock you into your past. And God wants to chop off the chains and set you free to become the real you that you don't even know yet. I don't even know yet. I'm probably going to become the prime minister. Could you imagine me being the prime minister? Well, if you vote for me, I'll give you all a pair of eyes. <laughs> You don't know and I don't know ultimately what God's got lined up for us. We restrict we restrict him and we restrict ourselves by our thoughts. And as we begin to read God's word, we start to believe maybe God could use us. Maybe God could use us as agents of change. Maybe God could, could use us to help transform communities, even nations. Who knows what God has got lined up for you? But he sees you as a new, a new creation in Christ. He sees you and me. Believers seated in heavenly places in Christ. What does that mean? It, that's Ephesians chapter two, verse six. It says, it means we've, we've got authority to command and turn every, situa- every situation into God's will for our life. Every situation that you face in life, we have the authority, we're seated with Christ. You can't get any, any greater authority. We are seated in heavenly pra- places in Christ with authority to command every situation and to turn it around into our favour, to God's will for our life. Another thing that he sees about you and me is that we are more than conquerors. Not just conquerors, we are more than conquerors in Christ. Romans chapter 8 verse 37. Having, what does it mean? It means to, to be more than a conqueror. It means having supernatural power and energy to power through life. And overcome anything that comes against us, or comes against our vision and our dream. Wow! Say that again. Having supernatural power and energy to power through life and overcome anything that comes against us or our dreams. God sees us with authority and power to do miracles and works that Jesus did, and even greater ones. John chapter fourteen, verses twelve to fourteen to do the works that Jesus did and even greater miracles that Jesus did. That's what Jesus said. He who believes in me will do the things I do and greater things will he do. I'd be happy with the things that he did. Cleansing the leper, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, calming a storm. I'd be happy with that. (laughs) He says we would do even greater things. God wants to put his super on our natural. But the blockage is not with them, it's with us. And so, and there's, there's no condemnation in this. You can't walk around feeling guilty. Guilt doesn't help. But we've got to be open and teachable so that we cooperate and move with the Holy Spirit. I'm showing you how to move. We move with the Holy Spirit and we learn to, to know that what God's word says about things and move towards that. So God said to Gideon, you know, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Verse 13, his response was, pardon me, my Lord. He didn't say pardon me. That's an English translation. I can tell that word, pardon me. He says, excuse him, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, this is what I like about Gideon, his honesty, as well as frustration. He says, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders That our ancestors told us about when they said, did not God, the Lord, bring us out of Egypt? You know, that was a massive miracle that's in the psyche of all Israel. It's like God God set them free from an evil oppressor. It was incredible and blessed them with all the wealth of Egypt. What What an amazing transformation and transfer of wealth. But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And he's speaking from frustration and he's speaking from what he can see and experience with his senses. And it's good to know that God, the same God who brought Israel out of Egypt, has brought us out of our past as well. And he's not planning to leave us now that he's got us out. He's not going to leave us alone, he says. In fact, he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And that's important for you to know when you step out in faith. Because often we try to go back to a kind of sense, a sense God's presence. I say, oh, did you feel it? Did you feel it? And often there isn't a sense of anything except I'm walking in obedience to his word and I'm walking by faith. And God has promised not to leave us. And whenever I feel like I'm on the own, like, gosh, this is hard work. I've got a lot of pressure going on, a lot of decisions to make. And you feel very lonely. I'm not I don't want I don't want sympathy. Che- checks will do. <laughs> I'm joking. Whenever that happens to me by faith, I speak it out and I say, Lord, you've said I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. So, Holy Spirit, please give me wisdom. Sometimes I don't know the answer. Do you ever get this? I don't know the answer. I pray and I don't know the answer. Deep in my heart, I just I look inside and I just think. If I have to make a decision that way or that, I have to make that decision, which one would I do? I go, oh, no, no, don't. there's pros and cons, forget that. Which one would you have to choose? And usually you choose the one that's got the most weight, whether it's right or wrong. It's the one that's the most conviction. That's where I go. And it's not always right, but often it is. But I'm just letting you know the processes that I go through, especially if I can't talk to other people. You know, usually I have a, a group of people that I can discuss things with. But not every situation I can do that with. And so I make that kind of a decision. So I'm believing that the Holy Spirit's with me. Can you see what I'm saying? So if God, the question is, if God is with us, then where are all his miracles? And I spoke the other week about 3,000 people becoming Christians in one day. And I want to see that. In fact, I have seen it. I have seen it. In fact, I saw it every night for, for a week. Every night, thousands come into Jesus Christ. And that was in Liverpool when Billy Graham, the great American evangelist, came. And I was at Bible College and every night, something like two and a half to three thousand people walk forward to give their life to Jesus Christ. So I saw a Pentecost every night. I've seen it. I know it can happen. I don't want that to happen again, not just for global, but for other churches, because I want everybody to know Jesus You know, different churches have different flavours. And, you know, we're not for everyone, but we are for someone. And today, if you're watching, you're saying, I like this guy. He's speaking my language. Then I'm for you. And, you know, you need to be for Jesus. Come on in and let's lead you to Christ. And and let's get on this journey. God wants to put his super on your natural. So if God is with us, then, where are all these miracles? That was Gideon's beef. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. And save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? It's important that he knew he was sent. Go in the strength you have, and I'll put my super on your natural because I'm sending you. That's basically what God's saying. But you see, we look inside and we look at what we haven't got, and it scares us. We're thinking, but he's God really with us. What if it all goes belly up? What if, what if, what if, and it's fear based, and we have to. Sometimes you just feel the fear, but just do it anyway. And faith has got to override it. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. So we have to deal with that fear and push it down and just say, I am not going to be instructed by you. I know you're there. I know it's a possibility. But by faith and believing that God is going to turn up. So, so the angels saying, you know, go in the strength that you have. Because the Lord is with you and sending you. Verse 15 says, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. This is fear-based reluctance from Gideon. And it's all about self-disqualification. I think you know what I'm talking about, which we all know too well. I'm, I'm not good enough for I'm not clever enough, I'm not articulate enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not experienced enough, I'm not rich enough, I'm not attractive enough. All those kind of things that we use to disqualify ourselves from moving forward, going higher. But I want to encourage you with this story from Gideon to step out of faith, to move on from that, trusting that the Lord is with you and he rates you. Verse 16, the Lord answered, After all these negatives about himself, Gideon disqualifying himself, thinking, I'll get out of it, I don't have to do it. That's often how you feel when it comes to faith. That's why so many people, if they've got an alternative, take the alternative. And they think, oh, that's great, I can relax now. I'm sure God wouldn't want me all jangled on the inside. But I want to say, you're only jangled on the inside because you're not used to walking by faith. Do you think Peter wasn't jangled when he walked on the water with Jesus? Do you not think he were jangled when he began to sing? Of course he was. Do you not think the disciples were jangled when the storm came in the boat? Do you not think the disciples were jangled when the demoniac came running at him? And all was the ad with Jesus' words to stop him. He was, a, he was a man that was demented, so strong he broke chains with his bare hands. Supernatural, evil supernatural power coming upon him. And he came, he came running at him. Do you not think they were jangled? You know, sometimes we're too kind to ourselves in this respect. That's why we can't, we can't have faith. And we've got to move through the emotion and the uncomfortableness because on the other side is where God's blessing manifests itself. The dream becomes reality, but it's at the other side. So when I'm, when I'm talking about faith, I'm not talking airy-fairy stuff. I'm talking about dealing with your mind and your emotions and lining them both up with God's word and with what the Holy Spirit is saying Gosh, I wish I could write this stuff down. This is great stuff. You know, you should make notes when you listen to a church leader like myself because we're working things and we're hearing God's word and hearing the Holy Spirit speak. And we want to bring that to you to get you going in faith. So the Lord answered him, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites as if you're striking only one man. God's promises to be with him are so strong. You know, Gideon, this is Gideon who didn't have his life together. Do you know somebody who's not got their life together? I know it's not you, just your neighbour, somebody that you're having a coffee with now and saying, I don't think it's you either, but it'd be somebody in global. (laughs) We We all know what it's like not to have our life together or our faith together even. So often our faith is only skin deep. And for the new year, I want to get us ready to have real faith in a real God that can put his super on our natural. When I look at Gideon, I see somebody who was scared and wasn't competent for the job and couldn't do it and had never done it. So, you know, if you're looking for an experienced guy or a great CV, he didn't have anything and he scarcely had availability. And God loves availability, but he almost didn't even have that. Psalm 113 is brilliant, verses 7 and 8. It says that God raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of his people. In other words, he takes people that are nobodies and makes them somebody's. He takes people with no voice and no influence to be at home with people of influence and persuasion. That, to me, is absolutely encouraging. I've seen it in my life and I've seen it in so many other people's lives. And I want you to have it. But that's up to you. I want you to, by faith, become all that God wants you to become. so I'm going through, I'm running out of time here. We will go on to next week with this talk. But I want to say that God specialises in making a nobody into a somebody And often we try to do this ourselves with all the boldness and swagger of the flesh, of the natural energy. But we fall short of what God can do. Gideon asks a question that many believers today ask. And that is, if God is with us, where are all the miracles that we've seen in the life of the early church? That's that's my beef. I want to see all the miracles, not just in synagogues or religious places, but on the streets, in people's homes, within communities. What we are expecting God to do is actually, here's the key, he's actually expecting us to do. When we say, God, why aren't you doing this? He's actually looking at us and saying, was your faith. Remember the, the guys on the boat, the disciples, the storm came, they walked Jesus, don't you care that we're going to drown? And Jesus says, was your faith. He expected them to do what they were asking him to do. I'm giving you some, some clues now. So often we're after God doing stuff that he's commanded us to do. Jesus said after his resurrection, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples." So he's you know teaching them the things that I taught you. Taught them, he taught them how to heal people, how to raise people from the dead, how to preach the gospel to them that don't know, how to bring you know uh, supernatural debt cancellation into people's lives. That's what he taught his early disciples. Absolutely brilliant. If you don't believe me, read Luke chapter 4 verse 18, it's all in there. I want to see that, don't you? I want to see God putting his super on our natural, as, as churches in global. What God is expecting us to do, if I can put it like this, is basically it's to grow up. It's to mature, grow up as believers and make progress in using our faith. Not just giving our mental agreement when you're a preacher. Oh, I believe that. Oh, I believe that. But actually changing and getting hold of the truth and saying, I'm going to do that. I'm going to practice that. I'm going to see if that can can work in my life. The Bible says the righteous shall live by faith. So how are we meant to live? By faith. And so often we live by sight or feeling. But we're meant to live by faith. I'll finish with this scripture. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, it says, the Apostle Paul says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. What about you? Get the opportunity to show your faith and you say nothing because you think, oh, they're all going to think I'm a weirdo. They're all going to think I'm soft. They're all going to think I'm weak. I'm pathetic. Nobody likes church. Great, what a great opportunity. Just to, you know, chuck the angry of the gospel in, to use that wisely. Anyway, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, For it is the power of God, the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone that believes, everyone that believes. First to the Jew and then to the non-Jew. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. From faith to faith, the kind of faith that encourages you to go to another level of faith, that encourages you to go to another level of faith. Do you remember swimming, learning to swim? And at first you you swam the width of the swimming baths, and then you swam the length. You were going from greater to greater, and then then you did two lengths. Then you did ten lengths, and you're like, wow, this is amazing. When you first learned to dive, you dived in and just got your head up as soon as you could. And after a while, you could dive in and swim along the bottom, looking for gold rings, <laughs> and you came up, and your confidence grew. This is we're called to live by faith, and it's a faith that goes from faith to faith that encourages deeper faith and a greater faith, so that we can see what God can do in our lives. This faith, living by faith, doesn't mean packing your job in, sitting on a park bench, and feeding the pigeons. It means that you've to live by. Faith in bringing your family up with principles of faith. Live by faith when doing your job. Listen to this. Recognising that your job is not your source, but God is your source and your supply. And if he chooses to use that job that you're in presently as a channel to get his supply to you, then that's good. But so many people cling to the jobs. It's like, if I lose my job, I'll lose my life. No, God is your source and your supply. And we need to see that if we're going to move on in faith. Because God will take us into areas where we're out of control and he's more in control. And all we're walking out on is his word and a conviction from his Holy Spirit. So, you know, we've got to get ourselves set free from so many things. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website.